All right. This is your blended family guy, Marcus Holmes, out of Houston, Texas. I just want you to know I'm so glad you're here. It's been, I think, a couple of weeks since I had Kim McQuitty on, and that broadcast has went phenomenally well. It's been shared, I think, at least 14, 15 times. She was talking about unsaved the date. But this time around, we have um, another powerhouse, another dynamo in in the blended family playbook in Joy Hutton. I'm going to bring her on in just a second. But what we're going to be talking about today is how do we eliminate the inequality gap between men and women? How can I as a guy help with that? I'm a man, right? How can I help with that? This is the first thing, though, I want you to do if you're listening I want you to share this broadcast. I want you to tell your friends about it. If they can't make it today, this will be rebroadcasted. But I'm letting you know this is about to be another barn burner. Joy, she's waiting in the lobby. I had to tell her, just hold on. She was ready. I just had to tell her, hold on. Let me hype her up. Let me let her fan base, her followers, her tribe get on board um, so they can dial in. But I'm telling you, this is going to be a good one um, because there is some accountability that's involved when it comes to this whole inequality gap. Um, it, it, it's it's something we need to discuss and we need to discuss it until women are paid at the same rate, until women have the same equal opportunity as men. And I'm just letting you know, I have a son, but I also have a daughter. I have a wife. I want my son to understand that whenever he's in a position to empower someone and bring somebody up based on their merits, not based on their gender or their race or, you know, any of those other very pivotal and important things in a person's life um, that he should do it. He should always do the right thing. Again, blended family guy. This is um, I think probably, wow, I've been doing this about eight months. I have I think a mission in life to help people learn how to blend their life, their career, their relationships. And we touch on those things that not too often are discussed. Right. And from a male perspective. Um, so we have the blended families from a traditional sense. But I'm also wanting to help people learn how to blend all of that together. You don't have to leverage one against the other. Some people think that, you know, in order to be successful, uber successful, that you have to give up your family time. Or in order to have an amazing family, you can't have a great career. Well, you can do both. It's just about the harmony. It's the it's it's that delicate balancing act that is about being intentional. So that's also what we're going to be talking to Joy about. But first and foremost, I need you to share this on your social media channels. All right. Often throughout the broadcast, I want you to share it. I want you to tweet. All right. Let me teach you how to tweet me. There's going to be some really strong statements, some one liners that are going to come out of this that I'm sure Joy is going to share. I'm going to be typing. Tweet those out. Facebook those out. Instagram, Snapchat, any of those. Tweet them. All right. Social media them out because people need to hear this. Now, that being said, I'm about to bring on Joy, guys. It's going to be a phenomenal broadcast. Really excited about it. And we're going to go about an hour and 10 minutes unless it's so good that we have to continue on. And because this is this is my show, if we have to go that long, we're just going to go that long. 
And I'm going to let you know, I'll apologize later. But my goal, my goal is to bring you ultimate value, um, again, on a very, very important subject that's near and dear to me. So that being said, I'm going to bring on Miss Joy. Um, she's entering the broadcast now. How are you doing, Joy? What's going on? Hey, hey, thanks for having me, Marcus. I'm so excited and I really appreciate you having me on to talk about this topic. So I'm ready. You ready? All right. Well, well Joy, I'm trying to remember. So I think and it's been at the um, at the hands of Miss Kyra Hardwick, Mrs. Kyra Hardwick. She has connected me to some amazing people. But I'm trying, I think it was about a year and maybe two or three months ago that we met um, at Kyra's birthday party. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, that is correct. At the the Chef Didi's spot where we, where we cooked. Or was it? It was Imagine Excellence. You know, it might have been Imagine. It, it was one of those two. I think yeah. it was Chef Didi's um, business. Giving a little shout out to Chef Didi. You're in, um, uh, what is it? Uh, cooking with the twist. Yes. Oh man. So, um, it's been a year and a half and since we've gotten connected, me, you and my wife and following you on social media, seeing what you're doing, love what you're doing in terms of empowering, um, the community itself. Thank and you. I always like taking it from this perspective. You're a person. First, you're a human being who happens to be a business owner who then also happens to be a woman. And why, why I'm saying that is, is that if we're looking at it from that perspective in terms of all that we do in life when it comes to equality, we should be basing everything on the fact that we're humans. And right. then thereafter, gender and all that shouldn't even be considered when we're, when we're talking about opportunities and equality. Um, and, and I hate the fact that we have to talk about equality. It should just be kind of common, commonplace that we just we we provide these opportunities just because on on merits alone. But that being said, um, I followed you. Um, you're doing some really incredible things. Um, I want to get a little bit of background for the viewing and listening audience. Um what do you do? You know, kind of give us some background where you're from, what you're doing now, and why do you feel necessary with where you are in, in your life and your career? Why do you yeah. feel? So I'm doing a million and one things, but <laughs> I, I hail from the great city of Chicago, but I have made Houston my home. It will be seven years in August. I can't even believe it's been that long. And I have had an interesting journey. I, I say I am a serial job hopper. <laughs> Not, it could be a good thing and a bad thing. Employers may view it as a bad thing, but I think it's good because I wouldn't have the skills that I have today without that. And I'm the type of person that needs to be challenged. So, you know, I've worked in the legal industry, nonprofit education and I have worked in the capacity of human resources, marketing, professional development, operations, general management. And so, you know, I've done a lot of different things. And so my last kind of career stint was in nonprofit and education. And so from there, 
I realized that I wanted to reach people on a larger scale. And that yeah. led me to starting my own consulting firm. And okay. I started off helping nonprofits and sole proprietors and small businesses. But then I realized that I was going to be broke forever. <laughs> and so I needed to kind of scale up a little bit and pivot in a direction where I was going to make more money because, you know, people will come to you. Oh, I want to start a business. Oh, I want to start a nonprofit. Well, in my mind, if you're wanting to start, then that probably means that you have very little capital. <laughs> and so I needed to pivot into an area where I could have more growth in my business. And so my two core areas are operations and training. And so optimizing systems, you know, for people, streamlining their processes in their organizations and also training the people. And those two work together. You can't have systems without people and you can't have people without systems. So those are the two core areas that I focus on. And I go into government agencies, corporations, restaurants, and and work with them on those two things. Nice. And my business is called Joy of Consulting. And the restaurant, excuse me, the restaurant component of my business is called The Restaurant Girl. And it's something I haven't formally launched, but I've been working on that in the background. And in addition to that, I also am a huge advocate of small businesses. So I serve on a number of different boards and councils that advocate on behalf of small businesses. And I am also working with Walker's Legacy, which is based off of Madam C.J. Walker, and it's a national organization, and it focuses on providing resources for women of color, entrepreneurs, and professionals. So it's an amazing organization. The last two events that I spearheaded here in Houston were focused on mentor matchmaking. Everyone needs a mentor. You know, some people think, oh, I'm, I'm successful. I don't need any help. Everybody needs help. You know, and you always need people to bounce your ideas off of or just someone to vent to. So that yeah. that event was really awesome. And then the last event was focused on self-care. And it came right on time because this is Mental Health Awareness Month. And it's very important to take care of ourselves. And it's not just it's not just for women. Men need to do the same thing. Absolutely. Men are probably worse about self-care than we are. Absolutely. But you know, that was another amazing event that we were doing. So some other things coming down the pipeline this this fall, but uh, working on an online business boot camp for Joy of Consulting and some other things that I'm working on as well. So, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I'm going to ask for everybody that's going to be that is watching and that is um, going to be watching it. How can they reach you? What's the best way to contact you? They can reach me at joyofconsulting.com. There's a contact form on there, or they can email me at joy at joyofconsulting.com. Joy of consulting. Yes. Right now. <laughs> joy at joyofconsulting.com. Yes. Joy at joyofconsulting. And joyofconsulting.com is my website. All right. I think I got hey, it all. <laughs> no, no, no. This is good. I'm showing this so everybody can see. If you want to reach out to Joy, of course, she's on all of those social media channels, but in a much more streamlined process so she can capture um, your contact info. It's joyofconsulting.com or email her at joy at joyofconsulting.com. Now, Correct. 
for all of you fellas out there that might be trying to contact Joy because you want to see if 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 she's single. Um, she's got quite a few big brothers that are watching out for, including me. So if 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 you're if you're uh, reaching out is for that reason um, and you're not serious, don't even step to the plate. All right. Um, I'm just telling you right now. Okay. She is absolutely intentional with her time. And yes. this is why we're talking, right? Because this is something that you kind of blew my mind. So um, audience, you know, family, Joy kind of, she, she messed me up on this one. And here's why. Yesterday, I think it was a Friday when we were doing our pre-interview. And just to let you know, this broadcast just doesn't happen. You know, Joy just doesn't pop up on the screen. And, you know, here we go. There's a lot of preparation involved. And one of those is we always kind of, I always just give my uh, the people that I'm going to interview some time to see what kind of questions, kind of the, the flow of the, the program. And one of the, the responses that I got from Joy really shook me. And she said that, Women, more often than not, when they are trying to be an entrepreneur or they're walking that entrepreneurial vein and trying to start their own business, they don't get as much support from their spouse when it's when the tables are turned. And that guy is going out being an entrepreneur. He's going to get quite a bit more support from his wife or his significant And I thought that was just it. It shook me. And then I had to check myself to make sure, OK. Have I ever not shown my wife the support that she deserves as an entrepreneur because my wife owns her own business? And, and I want you to kind of expound on that, Joy, because um, I think sometimes subconsciously what is perceived in society is written off as fact. And, you know, there's these unconscious biases that even we as a spouse can have that I shouldn't. But I'm glad you even brought it to my attention because I want to talk about that. So can you touch on that just real right. quick? Absolutely. So I think first, Marcus, when we when we think of gender equality, most people, their mind automatically goes to the pay gap. Right. But when we live in a culture where genders are not treated equally, women are not just at risk of being overpowered and mistreated in the workplace. It's also in their intimate relationships. So girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, whatever you do. Um, marriage. And so it's really important to think about inequality outside of just equal pay. Sure. And even, you know, even education, you know, some people are like, well, education, well, education, education is not the problem either, because women are winning in this area. We have surpassed men in educational achievement. That's a fact. <laughs> but, you know, in terms of relationship, Research shows that, you know, when a partner when a partner dominates or overpowers another, it's a prime deterrent to a successful relationship. You know what? You know, a lot of times you are you have relationships where, you know, either one person is selfish or somebody just has to exert that power over another because they're the breadwinner. And women are guilty of this, too. It's not just men. Hmm. Women do the same thing if they're the breadwinner. But you know, when one partner coerces another to have the upper, upper hand, it sets the relationship up for failure. So, you know, when you think about marriage, husbands are likely to receive more support from the woman. And if you think about it, just in your own situation about things that you wanted to do 
And your wife was like, yeah, baby, I got you. You know, I'll support you in whatever you want to do. But then it's like, hey, I thought about quitting my job today. What do you think about it? Then it's a it's 20 questions when a woman wants to do it. But why is that? Because a woman has more responsibilities in the household. How is that going to affect the household? Is that going to take away from your duties at home? You know, what does that mean? What does that look like? And so I think there are definitely some double standards in in that vein because we are always the givers, you know, in relationships. Women, we give of ourselves, we give to our partners, and then we're the ones left with the short end of the stick. And then we'll talk more about that, of how that translates into the workplace as well. But we, you know, experience greater stress from giving support and stress leads to depression, you know, and then depression leads to not being available to your partner or spouse. It's just a domino effect. And I don't think men think about how all of these things are affecting us. So, yeah. And it's like, okay, well, you want to exert power over me. But what about all the times that I supported you? So there's there are some double standards there. <laughs> okay. No, this is this is really good. And and I want and I want my my brothers out there, you know, my men friends out there to admit I can say beyond the shadow of a doubt. Um, and I'll kind of give you a little bit of back backdrop, Joy. Um, my wife. When she moved out here from North Carolina, I was getting laid off left and right from engineering jobs. It was during the early 2000s when the dot-com uh, boom, you know, the bubble, it, it burst. And she was willing to do whatever it took to help me. I mean, I was about to put in applications at Walmart, but I had a four-year engineering degree because I had a family. And that's what men do. Right. But I think here's what concerns me sometimes, even in that narrative, when you have a good woman, a good woman will do whatever they need to as well to support their family. And um, she started work for the public school system and and a few other um, jobs in and out. And finally, when I got back on my feet, I had told her, I said, hey, look, um, these types of jobs are really stressing you out. Um, Why don't you go ahead, pursue your dream, and I'll support the family. And that is where we are now, right? She has a flourishing uh, music business that's been in um, existence, I think now 12 years, um, doing extremely well. Um, But I know that there were times when I wasn't as as supportive as I could be, and it was subconscious. And I I mean, Joy, I, I have to admit, it wasn't until I talked to you on Friday And I was like, man, have I ever not been as supportive as I need to to my wife with the businesses that she is wanting to go after only because I'm the breadwinner and or I'm the guy. And I realized that me as a guy, as a husband, I need to constantly check those unconscious biases that I might have. So, again, I thank you for that. And I also want you to know, Tiffany Washington, she said hello. Yes, all right. I told her hi. <laughs> all right, all right. So Tiffany, um, and I see Dad is on. Amber Renee, that's my fam from Albuquerque, New Mexico. She's on. So this is really getting good. Um, yes. Joy, I, I want to touch on this. All right. So here's an interesting statistic that blew me away. I want to read this to you. Yes. It says women generally earn 
around 80 cents for every dollar a man earns. Um, and then here was some other interesting statistics, right? That 20 cent gap, it really adds up over the lifetime of a woman versus a white non-Hispanic man. Now, I'm not calling out my white brothers, all right? I got friends where we're just using that as a statistic, right? So I, I'm sure that it's probably still the same when it comes to if, if, if that man is, is black or Hispanic, right? It, it, right. I'm sure it's, it's still an inequity gap. There's still a gap. But here's what got me for a, here's where, where was it? So on average, this means that women lose around $11,000 in earnings a year. And when you equate that to a 40 year career, that's basically 418,000, almost a half million dollars that a woman loses just because she's a woman. That is unacceptable when then you start looking at the law of com compounding and the rule of 72. That is quite a bit of money. And this is what got me. This is what got me. It says black women earn 63 cents for every dollar a white non-Hispanic man earns, meaning they typically lose more than 840,000 over a 40 year career. And for a Hispanic woman, it's over a million. That's a retirement fund. <laughs> Come on. That's a retirement fund. And, and speaking of retirement, when, when women retire, they are worse off than men because they have foregone that salary. So think about it. If, and women have higher medical costs over a lifetime than men do. So not only are you getting less in retirement, you have higher bills. So, you know, let's do the math, you know, so it, it's, it's a trickle down effect that happens and it's, it's just crazy. And, you know, also with, with women in the workplace, you know, the, the thing is like, how do we address this gap? Like, why is this happening? You know? And so a lot of that is because, you know, women, women find out that they're being paid unfairly and then they're ready to leave the job. But are we speaking up about it? You know, going yeah. into the door before you even go in the job or get the job, have you negotiated that salary? Most uh -oh. women are not negotiating the salary. This so, is good stuff, Joy. You talking, Nancy. <laughs> you're coming right down my lane, Joy. So go ahead. Yeah. Keep, on, keep on. You have to negotiate the salary. And if you're not sure about negotiating the salary or what salary to negotiate, Google. Google it. You know, like they say, you can do research on what that salary range should be. There are resources now out there that will tell you, they will give you a range, even by your state or city, about what that position should be making in this city, this number of years of experience. So when you go into a job, you're more prepared about what that ask should be. We shouldn't go in and like, oh, you know, what salary do you want? Oh, it's negotiable. What's negotiable? Where do you even start? <laughs> you have to give them a starting point. Otherwise, they're going to lowball you. And then you're mad because you're getting paid less than your counterpart when you're more qualified. But did you ask? Uh oh. So, ask and you shall receive. <laughs> uh -oh. So, Joy, this is really, I think, a great point of, of intersection for me. I had always said, I promised God, I said, look, Lord, if I ever get in a position to 
um, hire people, I want to do it based on their merits. And I also want to correct what had happened to me. So unbeknownst to me, and this was, it, it was a learning experience to prepare me for where I am now and through the years, the experiences that I, that I had. AT&T was an amazing company that I worked for um, a couple of years out of college. Great company. Cut my teeth, learned a lot. Amazing company. Lots of mentors um, that I still have that are there. But when I was promoted to a people manager, they literally had to adjust me 20% up. I'm sorry. They had to give me a 10% increase in my base salary just to bring me to the bottom of the salary band. Joy, right. from that point on, I said, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing by the company and by that person. Now, me being a people manager, Joy, I now then was starting to see the salaries and the salary bands for all of my team. And I noticed the women on my team, majority of them had a lower salary. Mm -hmm. So you know what I started doing? Whenever it came time for that annual review, I would have the justification necessary to say, nope, you need to bump this person up. Mm-hmm. And if it was a new hire, I was fighting for tops. Um, right. Otherwise, I based it on merit. Now, they just ha- and again, I always base it on human being, do the right thing. Merit, they should be great. Um, you know, based on the, the greatness of their work, that how, how amazing it is, and then the fact that they're a woman. But I noticed just there was this discrepancy. And, and to everybody out there, HR's job is to bring the best people in at the lowest salary. Why? HR's job is to protect the resources, the assets, the revenue of that company. Right. So the more great talent they can bring in at the lowest salary, kudos to them. They're doing their job. My job as a manager when I saw the inequities, I was bringing I was bringing ladies in at the top end of the salary band, and I would have to fight with HR, and I would give the justification. But guess right. what? It built loyalty, and I'm letting you know. I sometimes was was shit. I, I'm letting you know. I am a firm believer and advocate in doing right, and sometimes it would take a few salary treatments for that lady who was doing just as good a job as the men to get her salary up to where it was equivalent to her teammates. But I would make it, I would make it an effort to do it. And I was, I fighting with HR sometimes. Yes, joy. I was. And that's where joy. I want, I want you to tell me as a man, what can we be doing better? And, and, and I think it's that where you're, you're, you're not there. We need to be speaking up, negotiate on the front end, but as a guy, and as you know, most hiring managers are males. We need to be doing a better job of doing the right thing. So go, go ahead. Can you touch on well, that? Well, I mean, just like you mentioned, you you ha- you are making a conscious effort to do right by these women. You know, and like Tiffany said, negotiation is an art, and many don't know how to assert this skill. Women aren't taught to negotiate. Men are taught to negotiate, to be assertive, to be more aggressive, and women are not. However, if you want to get paid more, then you have to do that. It's just a fact. So we can't sit back. So we can we can 
say it's the hiring manager's fault or we can we can blame HR. However, we have to do our homework as well. It has to be on both ends. And so you mentioned unconscious biases earlier, but it's also social norms. It's not just unconscious bias. It's unconscious bias. It's gender bias. It's your own social norms. And if you feel like a woman should be at a lower place than you, then you're not going to say anything. You know, I have been in a position, but again, it's the integrity of the person in that HR role that says to you, you know, your 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 salary that you're asking for is a little low. Our range is whatever. And so they told me the range. Most people won't do that. If they know you're on the low end, like you said, they HR is pro company. They're not pro employee most of the time. So they are, you know, they are going to be on the employer side. Well, look, we just saved you $20,000 because this woman low bid herself, you know. So I think it has to be a conscious effort on on the human resources uh professionals part, you know, so just like you took those actions, they have to do the same. Other people have to do the same thing to kind of break down those barriers. Agreed. You know, I mean, I've had even just um, outside of the pay gap, I've had HR managers, even though I may not have gotten the job, give me feedback on my resume, you know, or I mean, that's just it's a common courtesy. Now, when you have tens of thousands of applications to review, then yeah. of course you don't have time for that. But if I am reaching out to you and asking for feedback, give it. You know, it doesn't take that long. You took the time to review the application, so you obviously have some feedback. You know, and then if you are sitting in front of me and you know that I am low bidding myself, and then if I find out later that somebody's making more than me, you know, let's let's correct the problem. That's when really people can step up is correcting the problem once you know about it. You can't do anything about it once you've low bid yourself. They're just going to say, okay. But it's really interesting. And, you know, another thing, too, in terms of applying for jobs, men will generally apply for a job that they know they have 50% of the skills for. Women won't. They feel like they have to have 90% of the skills to apply for a job. We're always we're always self-critical. We're always selling ourselves short, but they will go in there. They're like, I'll learn when I get there. But women, we have to have all the skills. Everything has to line up. We Everything has to be this way. And, you know, I'm not I'm afraid to ask for more money. All they can say is no. Man. That's all they can say. So you're saying that there's also there's. There's certain um, proclivity that sometimes women can have, and I'm sorry, I got that um, feedback. Uh oh, I got that. Are you still there? Yep, I'm here. Okay. I was saying sometimes women have certain proclivities to not speak up because of the way they were raised. So how do you deconstruct that joy? I mean, man, this is some good stuff. Um, it's, uh, you know, it is a work in progress. And it's not to say that we cannot get rid of inequities because this can be overcome, but it, it's going to take a mindset shift. You know, women, first of all, women need to know their value. 
They have to know their value. They have to know their worth in the workplace. And yes, Tiffany, it's a matter of confidence. You have to be confident. You have to know what you are worth. Go in there and like the boss that you are and demand what you are supposed to have. What is it going to hurt with someone saying no? It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt at all. You know, you won't know unless you say something and come with facts. You know, you have X, Y, Z skills. You know, you have X, Y, Z background. So you know that you're at a specific level and you should be making this amount of money based on your research. No one can deny facts. Now, if you're going in there where I feel like, no, don't go in there. I feel I should be. I should be making, you know, you make demands. You know, I feel what I think and I know that Bobby over here is making $20,000. Well, how do you know that? And did you know that he has this extra background? Like, no, all of that, that doesn't matter. That's irrelevant because they paid him what he asked for. Uh Uh-oh. But did you ask for it? And so having mm. those presenting facts, you know, I've talked to friends. I'm like, well, have you gone with your look? This is what I bring to the table. Because if you don't have anything to bring to the table and you're asking for more money, they're going to say no. Uh Oh, so, so you can't just base it. You can't just ask for it, even though it might be a gap. You can't ask for it just right. think that just because you're a woman that you should get it. You what are you bringing to the table? To right. justify that pay increase that you should been getting, that you should be getting anyway, it is what it is. But mm-hmm. got to tack on some value because here's what I do know: <laughs> every company in the world would be opening themselves up for a lawsuit if they made everything if they brought all the ladies up to where they were equal with the man. They would be opening themselves up for a lawsuit. Right. You have to tack on a value as to why they provided it if they give it. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Well, all right. So, <laughs> so mentorship. All right, Joy. This is. I think you touched on something as well that I did not start. I think my salary did not start trending until I got a real mentor. Mm-hmm. And. Xavier Williams from AT&T, he's still there, great man, his wife is amazing. It wasn't until I really had a mentor that I started understanding some things. You touched on that. Are women more prone not to have mentors? Um, if so, why? Or, or are they? Can you kind of explain? Um, yeah, I don't think they're not prone to have mentors now. What I do see is women not feeling like they can reach out to other women, especially women of color. There's a, you know, kind of a discrepancy sometimes where they feel like they're not being supported by other women of color. So, you know, but I, I, I'm starting to see a shift in that because I feel like we're on this women support women movement and yep. so more people are jumping on the bandwagon to help other other women. So I don't think I don't think there's necessarily a discrepancy there. I mean, other people can chime in on that, but I don't necessarily think that women are not likely to go get mentors. It just depends on 
people not really knowing the value of a mentor or how to reach out to a mentor. Again, that level of assertion that you need to reach out to people, being proactive, being on top of things. You know, I know a lot of people who don't have mentors because they're just like, I don't even know where to start. But that's just kind of having that knowledge. But I don't think it's a matter of not not wanting to or, you know, So, so I will say this, I, most of my mentors are male because, you know, my, my experience in the workplace in the past have been that women were just, it, it was just not, <laughs> it was just not happening based on my, my previous employers. But I do have one female mentor. Well, no, that I, that was a previous boss. I have several female mentors, but I have one that was actually a previous employer, but the others that were previous employers were were male. And I just felt like they were they were more receptive. Now, that could go other ways too. you know, that can go south when people are trying to get male mentors. And we kind of talked about that the other day. But, you know, it just depends. It depends on who's going to be an advocate for you, whether male or female. Sure. 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 Um, Wow. So Walker's like. What you're doing there? What, what? Tell me about that. So again, Walker's Legacy is a national organization. It's based off of Madam C.J. Walker, and you know, Madam C.J. Walker was the first African American millionaire. So you know, it's kind of an ode to her. But they provide resources for women of color entrepreneurs and professionals. And so one of the things I like about, well, one of the many things that I like about Walker's Legacy, you have a lot of these women empowerment things going on. And I believe that you can empower women in multiple ways. However, the biggest thing for me is if you're going to empower me, I need to walk away with something tangible. I don't want to feel good for five minutes. I need you to... (laughs) help me, you know, in life after I leave you here today, like some things that I can walk away with personally and professionally. You know, this is not a powwow. I could go home and read my Bible and, and, and for inspiration. You know, I don't need to sit here with a bunch of women and then the next day I'm still mad at the world. You know, I want tangible. So like I was saying earlier, you know, we had an event on self-care. We had an event on mentorship. These are things that you can take away. We'll be doing an event on women in tech, you know, honoring women in the community, things that you can walk away with. And not only that, They have a platform where they're constantly sending out information, articles and posts on how to how to um, how to be successful in your career or as an entrepreneur. So it's a really great organization. And if anyone wants to learn more about it, it's Walker's Legacy dot com. Yes, and I serve as the city director for Houston, and I spearhead the events here in Houston. <clears throat> oh, this is great. And I earlier. She said mentorship comes in different forms, whatever. You must be strategic about how you approach a mentor. Mm-hmm. I think that also is a challenge for some women and men. Right. 
Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, mentor mentorship is delicate. You have to be cognizant of people's time, you know, and, you know, what I've been told and even how I approach people who want me to mentor them. Come with your ask. Don't beat around the bush in the email. What do you need me to help you with and what can you bring to the table as well? Don't just come asking me for something. It's not it's not a give. It has to be a give take. You know, like how can we add value to each other? And I don't really think that people see mentorship as a partnership a lot of the times, but it is a give. It's a give take, you know, give, give, give. Am I saying it right? <laughs> give, 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 take, give, whatever. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I it, it has to be a reciprocal relationship. So I think that, you know, a lot of people just think, oh, I'm going to get all this knowledge from this mentor, not getting anything and not giving anything back to that person. So, yeah. So, so how do you all of all this? Walker's legacy. Joy of Um. The community. The community. <laughs> so this is so the this Yeah, for me, you know, with a lot of prayer. <laughs> no, but honestly, you know, I for me, I am a huge proponent of having time management skills. And I think I've been pretty good about time management for a long time. And so it's just trying to really, I, I don't even consider it balance anymore because there I don't think there's a such thing as balance. I mean, we can talk about balance, but it's management, <laughs> life management, work management. And so for me, it's, it's just prioritizing my days. You know, I allocate time towards joy of consulting. I allocate time towards Walker's legacy. I have to sleep. I have to eat. I have to play with my dog. I have to have time for friends. I have to do all these different things. So it's really just making sure you are properly managing your time where you're not sacrificing your whole being because that's important. You have to make time for yourself. You know, we talked about self-care earlier. It's so important. So I think that but that also is something that I wanted to mention too, Marcus, is that women, you know, where this gender equality comes in in the workplace as well. Women, you let you know, I'm about to go in. Right. (laughs) Women, women are expected to be at their full capacity at work, just like men, which rightfully so they're rightfully so you come to work to do a job. However, when women go home in a traditional sense, they're usually the caretakers. They have to cook. They have to clean after they have worked a full day. And then, you know, if you have a spouse, if you have children, you have to do you have to do all these different things. And then you have to go back to work the next day and be your full self. Put on your full face for work. How can you possibly do that? How can you possibly do that as a woman? It's just, it's not balanced. It's not equitable because there are not the same expectations of a man when you have these gender roles, so to speak. And so that, again, going back to that whole stress factor, women are more stressed. And then that leads to depression. That leads to productivity in the workplace. And then 
you know, we're the ones losing our jobs because we can't be productive. So it's it's a trickle down effect. So it's how do you. So, yes, managing all of that. And um, someone was talking about there's a Jamie Bertrand has a website called Wife, 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 Mommy, Boss. I might be getting it wrong. Sorry, Jamie, if you're watching, but maybe it's Wifey, Mommy, Bossy. I, but anyway, she created this planner. And if someone looks it up and puts it in the comments for me, but basically she created a planner that helps you be helps you manage being a wife, mom and boss entrepreneur, whether you're in your career. Now, the fact I think it's great, but the fact that she has to create something like that, don't you think there's something wrong with that picture? Because we have to manage all of those. It's great. I love the idea. I think it's fabulous. And when I'm a mom, you know, one day and I will get her planner. So that will help me manage all those things in my life. But the fact that we are forced to manage all these things, there's a discrepancy there. Do they have daddy, daddy, boss, uh, whatever, (laughs) husband, daddy, boss? You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, you don't have to worry about that. So just think about the responsibilities. You talked about the responsibilities that you and Crystal share. You know, do you feel like you have as much stress as she has on her to be a wife and a mother and a boss? Wow. Ooh. So the question (laughs) question for the blended family guy, (laughs) is he putting undue stress on his wife? Um, Am I putting undue stress on my wife? Um, and, And is there inequity? So here's the great thing about me. And it's just the way my mom raised me, Joy. One. We need to tell you, Marcus. No, I wouldn't say that. I mean, because (laughs) she she probably she's in a piano lesson right now, but she'll be like, no, y'all need other stuff. But my wife knows um, I cook. I clean. I don't leave my wife a mess. I wash clothes. I get major ready for bed. And so I try to make sure that it's as equal in terms of what we do, but I don't ever try to make it seem like, oh, well, you're the mom. You should be doing that. And Joy, I think um, that's where men, sometimes we do need to be called to the carpet thinking that, oh, well, that's her job. It's not. I have friends um, whose work schedule, guys, their work schedule is a little more um, freer, a little more flexible than their wife. And guess what? He cooks the majority of the time. He picks up the kids when they're going to activities. Why? Well, you know, his wife is, is an executive and at a very large firm. Um, she makes more than him. And it's nothing taken away from either one. So they work together, but the partners. They're, they're partners. They're partners. And I will say this, though, in a relationship, it's never 50-50 because um, I think that creates this disparity with people where they think, well, everything should be 50-50. No, there are times when I've had to be 100 percent involved in this area for an extended amount of time and I couldn't get resentful about it and vice versa. And I think that's where, Joy, the balance comes in. And this leads to my next question, Joy. Uh-oh. <laughs> How does this work, right? I mean, you are you're 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 doing quite a bit. The man that's for you 
What do they need to know about? And I'm not talking about for you, but for any woman that is really doing their thing, impacting the community, lots going on. How do you, what kind of man are you looking for? <laughs> I don't mean you. I mean, please, fellas, okay. I already told you, she's got some big brothers. All <laughs> right. But go ahead. So generally speaking, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I think all men who get involved or even women getting involved with an entrepreneur, you need to Google how to be with an entrepreneur because it is tough. There are good days and there are bad days, you know, or any career driven person. If you if you can't deal with someone being highly ambitious and OCD and a little, you know, erratic sometimes, you know, having crazy ideas about how they want to take their business to the next level, being unfocused at times, having sleepless nights, being on the phone, checking their email. That's not the person for you. So, you know, I need someone, you know, or want someone need, need, want someone who's going to be fully supportive because not supportive today. And then, you know, not then unsupportive next week when I'm having a down week because entrepreneurship has ebbs and flows. You're going to either be with me or you're not going to be with me. So don't come just when I'm having a high be there during the lows too. That's when I most need you. And so, you know, you have to, you know, being married to an entrepreneur, you need someone that's supportive. You need someone that's going to listen to you because everyone in your business community does not want to hear about your woes and cannot necessarily relate. So you need someone that's going to be able to listen to you. You need someone that can deal, like I said, with the, the ebbs and flows and, oh, uh, so you're on your phone again? Oh, really? So you really have to get, check email at one o'clock in the morning. And uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, and sometimes obviously you have to carve out time for your partner. However, you know, in the beginning, especially building a business, it's nonstop. So, you know, you have to be strategic about how you plan that time out for your partner. Don't be selfish, obviously. But, you know, it's just that support is so real. And, you know, it, it just I can't emphasize that enough. And, you know, someone that is going to effectively communicate with you and vice versa, because then you can tell them, like, look, this is what I'm going through. This is how it's going to be. And you all can talk to each other about the things that are going on. So those those are kind of my key things, you know, and, and there are more, but you know, those are my key things. You, you have to be on that roller coaster with an entrepreneur. You know, it's a good book um, is uh, the entrepreneur roller coaster by Darren Hardy. And, you know, I think you're so spot on. Um, I have to constantly check myself. So the thing is I'm, I'm constantly measuring myself with things like that. Okay. Now, Marcus, you're the one who supported her being an entrepreneur. You know right. the ebb and flow of business. Like right now, she normally is somewhere in the house playing with Major or she's right here in the broadcast unless Major's over a friend's house or, or something. Well, guess what? She had to go to Atlanta um, to visit with a friend and she had to make up that lesson. So guess where she is right now? She's making up a lesson over at a student's house. Well, that's out of the norm. I don't, you know... But can I get mad? You know, I'm I'm supporting this. And I think that's where 
it's this flexibility that must be taking place um, with an entrepreneur um, and that relationship. There has to be flexibility. There has to be a level of unselfishness. You're spot on. Oh, and security. You Ooh. need Good one. If you are not secure, that's a problem. You know, you're not going to be able to deal with your your partner being out there and networking and doing all this and just out and about and meeting people and meeting with clients and what have you or whatever it's taking to build that business. So you have to have a partner that is secure and yes, flexible. You got to be flexible. Like we might not be able to do date night every Friday. Now that's, but you can, if you carve that time out, you, you make things for the time you, you make time for the things that you want. So sometimes, you know, I know as an entrepreneur, it's easy to get up get caught up in the 365 and just go all in, but you have to make time for your partner. And I, I believe that that's very, very important in terms of having a successful relationship. Wow. So another interesting statistic, statistic that really, um, it blew me away, right? It said that the gap in pay is often larger among higher paying jobs. Hmm. And it's the study found that occupations where women earned, um, it, it, it again blew my mind that <laughs> the only, the only, okay, some of the occupations where women earn more than men are counselors, teachers, assistants. Um, food prep, serving workers, fast food joints, sewing machine operators. Those are the only jobs where you see women may or earn more than men. So when it comes to the six-figure jobs. Right. And higher, the gap is humongous. Joy, how do we deal with that? How do you keep women, a woman who has the degrees, the masters, the doctorates, how do you keep her from becoming bitter? What would you tell them if you were coaching them right now? How do they deal with that? Being underpaid. Underpaid and knowing that they have a good salary. But, you know, Johnny Lucky right next door, who is doing good work, might not even be doing as good a work, is getting probably paid more. How do you keep them? What would you tell them? So it's easy to be frustrated and angry about the situation. But as I was saying earlier, you have to address that situation before you get the job by doing your research and negotiating your salary. We have to, as much as we don't want to or like to, or don't, don't have the skills, get the skills, ask someone, you know, ask someone how to negotiate, Google how to negotiate, get some tips on how to negotiate, but most importantly, do your homework on that salary. And if you are unhappy, look for another job and negotiate your salary at the next job. But, you know, there was one friend I had, I told her, go talk to your boss, see what they say, but bring your points, your facts that I mentioned before to the table, because People want to hear what you have to say or they will listen to what you have to say, but they want you to come with something like what are you? You have to have some tangibles here. So what are you coming with? And, you know, you you have to you have to just be open. And if you get shut down, well, then you know what moves you have to make after that, whether that's leaving that job, 
or sucking it up. Unfortunately, I don't think that's okay. I, you know, I'm, I'm the queen of <laughs> leaving a job because I'm not happy or I'm not getting what I want. And I will say something, you know, I will stick up for myself. And if it doesn't work out, then, well, you know, gotta go. Just the deuces. I, so I, I like but, what you said. Go ahead, go ahead, but, go ahead, please. But another thing I was going to say, too, is if you don't, if you know you don't have the skills to demand a salary, then you should be working on those skills. You know, you need to stay relevant in the workforce. So you need to be working on your professional development, enhancing your skills. You don't know what Bobby is or the next person is doing over there. We're so quick to compare ourselves to what others, what other people are doing that we don't know why that person is getting paid more. Uh So, you know, we're so worried about that, that focus on yourself and ask for what you are worth and and go from there. You know, yeah, it's 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 disheartening and frustrating when you find out those facts about someone getting paid more than you. But what are you going to do about it? What are the steps that you are going to take? So, you know, I like that. no, I, I, I like that. And I see Ebony. She it's, it's right in line with what you said. You know, don't cover other people's lives. Be thankful for what God has given you, but always yeah. be pushing for more. Um, right. And you're like me when I didn't see. I, I'll put it like this. Um, and Joy, I know you would agree. Get your resume together. Always know your value and realize that there's somebody else out there that wants your skills. Mm-hmm. And everybody else knows that, but some people don't. Um, what, what can you say? Um, the disparity, again, is what I'm trying to go after. I, as a guy, I'm the blended family guy, right? What can men do um, in that? Again, if we're in a position of power or not, we're always supporting um, women. The Don't become bitter, become empowered. That's what I'm hearing from you, Joy. Mm-hmm. Don't become bitter, become empowered. What can we do to eliminate this? Because they're saying that even if we started trying to do this, it would take like 40 years for women to... Um, start earning what yeah. 40 years. I, I don't want women to be waiting 40 years. Right. Here's one tangible example. Stay at home moms who want to return to the workplace are left out often when they are trying to come back to the workplace. You know, if the hiring manager is a man, you've been out of the workplace taking care of your kids. Like it's a negative thing. You know, but this woman had a corporate background for 20 years and she wants to come back to work. Raising a child is a full time job. I don't have any kids, but it is a full time job. You are the director. You're the VP. You're the chief operations officer (laughs) raising a child. So I think even that in itself, you garner some skills doing that. So I think it's very unfair to discriminate against stay at home moms who want to come back to the workplace. So that is something that people can do. Hire those stay at home moms who want to come back to the workplace. That is a tangible reason that men can start with today. You know, it's funny. um, There's this uh, it's a nonprofit organization. They were featured on NBC a few years back. I remember seeing it where they are helping stay-at-home moms get into corporate jobs by forming partnerships with corporations 
to make sure that they're not overlooked. They, they, you know, it's it's making sure being intentional that they're not overlooked. And I agree with you, Joy. And I think I think this is what, and I've seen women and men do this in hiring positions. They they tend to forget that they were once a child and their mom might have been in this position and would you have wanted your mom to be viewed that way. And I think there's the lack of empathy, um, the lack of hindsight, the lack of putting yourself in somebody's position in this. And, and that goes back to a lack of, there's just way too much selfishness. There's way too much short-sightedness. Um, when we look at this, it, it, it isn't black and white. Um, and I love what you just said. I mean, I never thought about that. This is good stuff that men need to be thinking about. Yeah. One thing, too, on the on the lines of having children, the birth rate since 1980 has been steadily declining. And it's for a number of reasons, because women are working. Women are in their careers, prolonging having children, prolonging getting married. But you know, sometimes women feel like they have to sacrifice. Either I'm going to go for my career and not have children. But again, like we're forced to make these choices. And if we do have both, then men in the workplace or the workplace is set up to make it feel like we're doing something wrong. You know, there's um, in Japan, you know, I'm going to read something in Japan, for example, there are entrenched attitudes about women in the workforce. And as mothers are likely contributing to the low birth rate, the cultural emphasis on being the ideal mother, along with a corporate culture that demands long work hours, makes motherhood very difficult for women with careers. So again, going back to women having to choose, we shouldn't have to choose. Why can't we work and have babies? So, you know, why can't we work, have babies and be married and have a dog? Why <laughs> you know, like, point, why do right? we have to choose? But the workplace is not set up for us to be productive in having all of those things. And so you have these things. Can you have it all? Can you do this? Can you do that? But it's really not set up for that. Like I was talking about earlier, we have to show up and be our full self. But we just got up at five o'clock in the morning to get our children ready for work, made the husband breakfast, got ready for work myself. Then I, ha I was up last, late last night working on a project, had to put the kids to bed, had to do, you know, it's just, it's a lot. And so being productive in the workplace, it's not, it does not set women up for success. And so now, you know, you have teleworking, telecommuting, you have things that are being put in place to have more of a work-life balance, but you know, a lot of employers are not set up for that. Wow. So you're penalized for taking off time to go pick up your child from, from school. Or taking your child to the doctor. I have to take PTO for that. I need to go get my child. I can work from home for the rest of the night, you know, but no, you're penalized. I have a certain amount of hours in life to get these things done that are outside my wheelhouse of work. You know, I, and I think this is where um, we as people, I'll say, we as, you know, me as a guy, those are some of the things I don't think about. Um, and this is where the awareness is raised. This is where the blended family comes in because you're spot on. Um, 
I've worked in an environment where I've worked from home the last, what, six, seven years. So, um, or off and on, I have that flexibility. Right. But I have to think about that. What if you're a, a woman, a mother, and you don't? And what if you are a single mother? Exactly. What Man. if you are a low income single mother? You know, there are so many barriers, so many barriers. And that's like another topic for another day. But yeah, there are so many barriers. And then so you have that. And now we haven't even talked about, you know, now we have the Me Too movement that's hurting women. Because now you have women, men don't want to hire female employees because they're scared. It's like we just can't win. You know, yes, it's creating awareness in this space, but it's hurting. There are consequences that come with this, too. You know, so we just we wow. just have a lot. We just have a lot facing us right now in today's modern society. You know, it's like. Ooh, that's a whoo. OK, <laughs> you know, I like hearing this from a woman. Um, the Me Too movement, I think, is is necessary, long overdue. But now you're saying that it actually could, I don't want to say backfire, but it's it it's hurting. And I and I get it because um what if you do have that guy who is a stand-up guy um who is a little concerned? Well, I would say to that guy, as long as you're doing the right thing, do don't do stupid stuff. You know, here's the thing, and this isn't along political lines. This is something I, I really like. Um Mike Pence. Not a, you know, not a, I didn't vote for Trump and it's, it isn't a political statement, but Mike Pence, when he, when he, um, is working with a woman, he leaves the door open. You Guess should. what? You should, you know why it eliminates anything you and, and her from anything going on. It eliminates that. And so I think for men, you should be this, the Me Too movement shouldn't, um, deter you it should actually hold you to a higher level of accountability. Absolutely. If you don't have nothing to hide, you don't have nothing to hide. Right. Hire somebody based on their merits, not on their gender. Exactly. And there you go. But I, I agree with you. I think this, um, I, Joy, I hate to hear that, but that's yeah. true. I can see how that's backfiring. I heard men say that. They're like, oh, I don't even want to want to be in a room with a woman or work with women because I'm just like, I don't want anybody accusing me of anything. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous. I'm like, first of all, if you're not doing anything wrong, then you, sh you don't have anything to worry about. So there's that, <laughs> you know, wow. but you know, again, like there are so many, like I said, we started off talking about this gender inequality, but it goes beyond just the pay gap. You know, there are so many levels to this. We've talked about, you know, marriage and relationships and the workplace and health care and retirement. There are just so many different levels that people don't even really think about how it affects us every day. And then people wonder, wondering why women are walking around mad. <laughs> Because we just want to be treated like equals. You know, is that too much to ask? <laughs> but you know, oh, no, so so here's what I would say to any guy that is using the and, and I'm gonna just call us guys out. Me as a guy, if I'm using the Me Too movement as a reason and a rationale not to hire a woman, 
I'm calling you out. That's being a punk. That means that you're hiding behind that to serve your purpose, which is you don't want to hire a woman. And my point is your motive must be messed up um, and you're not hiring on the merits of the person. You're hiring on the merits of the gender. And that shows that you're weak in that area. So, guys, don't be a punk when it comes to hiring women. Don't use the Me Too movement. Um, to be honest, it's a call out for, 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 for men that are doing the wrong thing. But I know that and I'm just going to believe that the majority of men aren't like that. And but they have some unconscious bias. Um, Joy, in my opinion, and I know we're coming up on, I, you know, we, I'd say we have about five more minutes. Mm-hmm. I think the conversation, you know, we we as a, we as men, we we have some responsibility to help in this um, when we're having the not just the I call them the water cooler conversations. Right. Yes. Where the guys, you know, it's not, you know, the happy hour conversations. It's having the conversations with your sons, <clears throat> with other men and saying, man, you know what? We need to do better. And when you hear a guy saying, man, there was this woman that I was interviewing today and she's fine. I, I don't know. Um, I think of hiring her. I'm putting myself in a position to be you know, compromised or I know I'm going to be flirting or that's why I do want to hire her. And that's starting off all wrong. Fellas, you got to check yourself, your friends when you hear that. Um and I'm just letting you know, I mean, Joy, I, I wanted to bring one of um, the ladies that I've hired in the past um, across two companies because I I hired her based on her merits. Um, there's some of some of the women that I've hired. I could call them right now and say, hey, I'm starting to work at this new company. They got a position. Would you come over? They would leave their job right now. You know why? They know that I hire based on merit. They do a great job. They're going to be paid um, what they're worth. Right. And that's the way it should always be. It should. So, Joy, that being said, what what's coming up? I know we got about five minutes. Here's the lightning round of questions. All right. Let's go. Lightning round of questions. One um, is a bachelor's um, for, for women. Would you say going after that? that masters, that doctorate um, is worth it at this point in time when it comes to the tech jobs, you know, having, you know, coding technology, should they be going after the masters in business administration or do they need to be going at it in, in more of a technology? Um, it depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I am in consulting and I'm working on, you know, different businesses. So for me, I'm trying to scale. And and so there's just a matter of having a certain amount of knowledge, whether that's for my clients or for my businesses. So I think it depends on what you're trying to do. So I'm all about professional development. You know, I have a master's degree and working on other continuing education. So I think that it's, I think it's important to constantly develop yourself. You don't necessarily have to get a master's degree, but like for coding, there are several coding schools now where you can get certifications and whatnot. And, you know, I know actually the Urban League just did something with Facebook where they were doing coding for a day. So Iron Yard, there are a lot of different organizations that 
will teach you coding and you can do workshops for free or for low cost. So within tech, I don't think it's necessarily imperative that you go get a master's degree. But okay. it, de it just okay. depends on what you're doing. And I find, you know, just like with consulting, for example, if you're going after larger contracts, they want you to have an MBA or they want you to have worked, you know, at Deloitte or whatever. So it just depends. So I have to constantly develop myself. That's just in, in my particular realm. You know, I know people who are going back for doctorates, but they want to be a professor or they are mm -hmm. going back to law school after after they've gotten a master's degree because they want to pivot in their career. So it just, it really depends on what you want to do. So, so while we're talking that, is it sometimes just to check the box, you know, to have a degree so that so while you're working for the gender and equity, it's a, it's a they can't, they can't just help me. You know, that's a tricky question. That's a tr tricky question. I've been in places where people just had a bachelor's degree and I have a master's and I'm like, how did they get to that position? But there's fraternization going on. And so you know, you're competing against that. So whether you have a master's degree or not, you still might not get the job, you know? So yes, that gives you an upper hand and gives you more leverage to negotiate, but you know, it's debatable. That's a really good question. Yeah. It's yeah. debatable. I, you know, it just depends. Right. I, right. I, I, I just wanted to take that uh, Yeah. All right. Um, um, to all the same, what is your advice by the man? If they're an entrepreneur, what's the greatest advice you can give? Be supportive. You know, if you're going to, if you want to date and be with an entrepreneur, be supportive. That's number one on my list is be supportive and be genuinely supportive. Don't try to be in competition with this woman. It's not a competition. If you all end up get, getting married, then you all are a team. We're partners. I'm trying to build this empire for the both of us. <laughs> like, I'm not here to compete against you. So that's ridiculous. So I think be supportive and be genuinely supportive, not just in the highs, but in the lows, too, because it's very difficult. And it takes a special type of person to be an entrepreneur. So you have to be willing to, to go, go the distance with that person. That's and if good. you're not, then don't waste that person's time because they don't have a lot of it to begin with. All right. So, All right, so this is my next question. question. What are what's what's the calendar calendar for you and tap into one? So, you know, I have a number of things going on that I really can't talk about just yet. I like to talk about things when they've happened, but I am, you know, in the tech space. I am working on an online business boot camp, which I have talked about online, which will be business with joy. That's going to be an online boot camp that I'm doing for people who are thinking about starting a business or even people who have an existing business. And 
they're they're just addressing a lot of the pain points that entrepreneurs deal with in their business, such as how to do time management, you know, how to put systems in place, you know, because you can go to a score or SBA or some of these business workshops and they have bullet points for what they're going to talk to you about access to capital marketing, writing the business plan. But this goes beyond that. This really will delve into the pain points that entrepreneurs deal with and that people aren't really talking about in those workshops. So that will be released in the fall. And then, like I said, there's, um, you know, some things coming down the pipeline that I'm working on in, in technology. I have a beauty app that I'm working on that will also be released in the fall. Okay. And yeah, just wow. continuing to work with uh, wow. Walker's legacy and, That'll be through the end of this year. Uh, two more events coming up. One will be in September that focuses on women in tech. And the other will be honoring about 10 women in the community. So really just highlighting people that have done some great work in the community, women of color, and continuing to brand myself with Joy of Consulting and The Restaurant Girl. Oh, this so. is good stuff. Um I, I love that. So if you're out there listening, women in tech um, event coming up, you got to tap into Walker's Legacy Houston um, for that. So, again, if you need to reach out to Joy, she's on social media. Um, you also can email her at Joy of Consulting, Joy at Joy of Consulting, as well as get to Joy of This has been a really good broadcast. Yes, so good. This has been great. I really do appreciate it, Joe. I want to have you back on again. Yes, and thanks for having me. Yeah, this has been good. What does that shirt say? What is what does that shirt say that you got on? They oh, asked ask me. They asked me if I'm real. That I believe, Joe. Now, Joe, this is why we're on. We only bring people that are transparent, and um, I think that's the good thing about having you. Um, and we were at your table, like I said, a year, year and a half ago. Me, you, and Kyra and my wife, that's what we appreciated about you is the transparency and um, you're just a very energized person. So this has just been awesome. Um, oh, and you have Miss Dawkins saying yeah, thanks, yeah, thank you for joining. Yes, thanks everybody for joining. LaMonica, Deidre, Dion, saw, saw yeah. some of my people on here. Yeah, this has been this has been good, Joy. I'm gonna have you yeah. on, but next time I think I'm gonna have you and Kyra, and maybe um, I'm gonna try to see. I got CC and Tristan. I'm interviewing them next month, but I might have yeah. to have some power brokers, ladies, um, come yeah. on and just talk about their experiences and how they're helping people. I'd like that to happen sometime over the summer. Um, so I'll have to work through all those schedules. But um, fantastic interview. This has been good. Fellas, ladies, share this on your pages. Fellas, share this on your pages. This is so huge. Why? Any of you fellas, if you have a daughter, do you want them, your daughter, to be lagging behind when it comes to this inequity, when it comes to pay and opportunities? How can you, that's, that's, that's hypocritical for you not to want to be doing something and you have a daughter. It must start now. It starts with you. So Joy, thanks for bringing light to this. Me, yes, I got to ask my wife um, and she'll tell me, believe me, Joy, she will tell me <laughs> if I'm any unconscious bias. Um, yes. but again, I thank you for this. Fellas, 
again, we owe it to our wives. We owe it to our mothers, our sisters, all those women before us to be constantly pushing the envelope for equality. All right. Thanks again, Joy. Thank you, Marcus. I so appreciate you. This Thank is you everybody good. for watching. Yeah. Hey, so everybody like and share this. I'm going to be putting some snippets on Instagram, but this is going to be viewable forever. So I'll, um, it'll be on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, um, all those. And Joy, hey, Major. my, 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 my heir to the throne right here. Yes. Miss Joy. Hi. Hey, Major. No everybody on the broadcast. All right. Oh. Go ahead. All right. Love you, son. Hey, I'll talk to you later, Joy. Okay. Um, everybody out there. Oh, and I see we have some more comments coming in, Joy. Let's see what they said. Oh, okay. We got, there's my dad. My, the man of the hour, the best father in the world. He gave me a little thumbs up, so I'm good now. Joy, yes. thanks again. Thank um, you. Even though you went to DePaul and not North Carolina A&T, um, that's okay. Uh, I got to work on my master's too. All right. There's another North Carolina school in the pipeline. Oh, okay. That's, that's yeah. on the next show. We'll be touching yeah. on that on the next show. All right. Yes. Okay. All thank right. You. Blended Family Playbook, thank you for joining. Share this broadcast. I hope this was valuable to you as it was for me. Joy, thank you for giving us your time. You have a good one, and we wish you nothing but the greatest success. Thank you. You too. All right. All right. Okay. You take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, everyone.